0: You're listening to True Parenting Audio, episode 18. Hey everybody, I'm Andy Smithson, and welcome to True Parenting Audio, where you can get inspiration and practical parenting tips to build powerful cycles of continuous growth in your family through the principles of teaching, relationship, and upgrading yourselves. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about how to stop taking your daily frustrations out on your kids. I'm going to give six doable steps to help us get over that frustration and to guide that misguided anger in more productive and helpful ways. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. Have you ever felt frustrated or angry at your child and then been brought to the sudden realization that they didn't do anything wrong? They weren't even the source of your frustration or anger. You were actually upset about something else entirely, but they just happened to walk into the crosshairs of your misguided, misdirected fury. I recently had an experience with this that really was a case of misguided anger. It's funny how much important information there is on our computers and devices these days, and how abruptly all of it comes flooding to your mind along with the hot and heavy emotions of frustration, anger, and even a form of grief when it appears that you've lost it all. It's that sensation you get when you make the first drop on a roller coaster or when you jump off of a cliff into the water. Only the initial fear never turns to exhilaration. It simply settles into stress, panic, and worry. I experienced this recently when I went to pull up a blog post to work on for True Parenting and my computer wouldn't respond. It appeared at the time that all of my hard work for the website had either disappeared or was no longer accessible. My heart absolutely sank. I tried multiple fixes and nothing seemed to work. So what did I do? I took my frustration home with me. When I got home, I found that it consumed my thoughts. I worried that I had lost all my hard work. I was frustrated and angry, more so than I had been in a long while, and it showed. My wife and kids both sensed that something was go- wasn't was going well. At dinner, things that are not generally a problem became a problem. I snapped at both of my two oldest boys for little things that never would have bothered me otherwise. I even made my second son go to his room simply for being a kid. Luckily, I was able to manage my anger enough that I didn't yell or lash out physically in any way, but my attitude stole my family's joy for several hours and motivated me to act in ways that, I, that simply don't fit the principles of true parenting that I strive for. After some time of stewing over my predicament, I realized that I was angry about losing a computer full of documents that taught principles of teaching my kids positive principles and skills, building solid relationships with kindness and gentle limits and boundaries, and to focus on self-regulation and improvement. I had violated each one of those principles as a result of my misplaced frustration. But you know what? I don't think I'm alone in this. This isn't an uncommon issue with parents. I've recently participated in several discussions on Facebook with parents that have told stories of becoming frustrated with their spouse, work, or some other stress in their life that has boiled over into their interaction with their children. One mom expressed that she knew she would blow it with her kids that day because she had gotten in a big fight with her kid's father the night before. She went on to describe her parent tantrum of sorts with her five-year-old son because he was walking on the cracks at the grocery store. The irritation and anger from other relationships made its way into the interactions with her child. It wasn't his fault, She wasn't even angry at what he was doing, but he got the attitude and backlash as a result. It's easy to let our frustrations and anger at our spouse, our boss, the jerk that cut us off in traffic, or even the computer, or other lifeless objects to influence how we perceive our child and their behavior. And to project that anger we feel towards things that are more difficult, less controllable targets onto our vulnerable kids. Sometimes it's not just a projection onto an easier target, but we simply allow those feelings to permeate and poison every part of our lives. However, there are some things we can do to stop allowing our moments of frustration, anger, and negativity to take charge of our our parenting and the rest of our lives. I'd like to share with you six steps to stop misplaced anger from getting in the way of our true parenting and true living. Number one, recognize your feelings and where they come from. Name what you're feeling, either out loud or write it down. Then ask yourself what triggered your emotion and why you feel the way you do. Also note the things or people that did not trigger or cause your negative emotion. In essence, identify the innocent and decide not to punish the innocent for someone or something else's crime. If you recognize that you are upset that your husband comes home and sits in his lazy chair and doesn't help with the kids, you can say or write, I'm frustrated my husband doesn't help with the kids when he gets home in the evening. This is not the kid's fault. It's important to note that this dynamic can go the other way as well. Frustrations with the kids can boil over into our our other relationships as well. Number two. Separate yourself and calm down. If you find yourself having a hard time lightening your mood and engaging with your kids in positive ways, but you recognize that it's just because the emotion of some other setting has crept into your interactions with them, excuse yourself. Go to your room or a bathroom and just relax. Take a mini vacation of sorts and speak or write, Step one while well, you do this, in a journal or in, on a scrap of paper, or even in your smartphone. Take some deep breaths and refocus and reconnect with the present. Number three, if you can solve the problem that led to your anger, write a plan for resolution and leave it behind. Do this both physically and figuratively. Chances are that you won't be able to solve the problem right then, at that second, but you'll want it to be solved right then. When I was having my computer problems, I wanted it to be solved right then, and I obsessed about it. I couldn't get it out of my head because I kept having thoughts of things I could do to fix it. I eventually made some quick notes in my phone of some simple actions I needed to do to try to solve the problem. Once I had written down a plan for addressing the issue, I was better able to let go of it and be more present with my kids. Number four, if you can't change, control, or solve the problem that led to your anger, write your feelings down and then leave them behind, both physically and figuratively. There are some problems we face that are not as cut and dry as a computer problem. They're issues that we don't always have control over. For these instances, We cannot always write down a clear course of action to resolve the source of our anger, but we can acknowledge and validate our emotions and then recognize that the problem will still be there for us to return to and sort through our emotions at a later time. Number five, change your sweater, Mr. Rogers style. This probably seems very silly, But the act of changing your clothing or shoes or doing something new or different can be helpful in enabling our minds to let go of whatever was happening before and make a mental and physical shift to a more positive situation. If you remember Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood when you were growing up, he would always start his show by coming in the front door and the first thing he would do was change his sweater and shoes. This is a simple thing, but it can be very helpful. Other things that can help us make a transition are things like taking a quick shower, a few minutes of exercise, or washing your hands in cold water. Number six, return to your child and do something fun, positive, and uplifting first to adjust and improve the vibe or mood and reconnect mindfully with them. This could just be a quick tickle war, compliment war, or telling jokes. Do something to redirect your thoughts to all the reasons why you love being your child's parent. Another important thing to remember in creating a new, more positive cycle of interaction with your kids is to make sure to apologize if you do slip up and find yourself blaming or reacting to your kids in frustration and anger that has overflowed from some other source. It's amazing how understanding and grateful kids are when we're willing to recognize our own shortcomings and missteps and reconnect in meaningful ways. Parents today are busier and have more going on than probably any other generation. This can mean new stress and frustration. It's important that we learn to understand and channel that stress and emotion in productive ways. It happens to all of us. Our frustration from one thing affects our interaction with another. But if we can be more deliberate in following the six steps in this this podcast and, be, and being mindfully connected with the present, we can prevent a large part of the conflict or behavior and other distress that we experience with our children. So a question I have for everyone is what kinds of things... Have you noticed that our misplaced frustrations or anger with you to affect your interactions with your kids or your spouse or other people in your life? So just to do a quick recap of the six steps or the six things that you can do to help not allow that frustration to seep into your relationship with your child, I want to just quickly run over them again. First of all, just to recognize your feelings and where they come from, make a deliberate choice to recognize where where they're coming from and how you're reacting to those things. Number two, to separate yourself from the situation and allow yourself to calm down. Number three is you can if you can solve the problem, then create some sort of a quick plan about how you're going to solve that problem and write it down so that you can follow those steps later and separate your present moment from that that plan of action in the future. Number four, if you can't change or control or solve the problem or it's a problem that is, has a lot of other factors involved in it, then write down your emotions associated with that problem or the things that you're feeling directly with that at the moment and just put them somewhere you can you can deal with them later and just commit to being more present in the moment. Number five is change your your sweater or your shoes or do something different to change change the mood and make a mental and physical shift. And number six is to return to your child and do something fun or positive. And I've found that if we're able to go back and make a very conscious effort to do something fun or positive first, then we find awesome things start to happen and and that, that frustration kind of melts away and we're able to to leave that behind and use it um, and deal with it at, at the appropriate times. So thank you for uh, for listening again to the podcast. And remember that if you haven't had a chance to get over to iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to the podcast, you can do that there as well as leave a review. We'd love for you to, to leave a few words, either just letting other parents know about the podcast. Go ahead and join us on our social media channels as well, um, especially over at Facebook, facebook.com slash true And feel free to come and send me an email or ask any questions if you'd like um, at Smithson at trueparenting.net. I hope that these six steps were helpful to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.